I'm Neil. I'm Bo. I'm Simon. And together we are the three Peacocks. We're here to talk about all things Leeds, uh, transfers, uh, history and, and comments on the games, uh, the rumours um, and topical news re regarding all things Leeds. So we're going to come to you each week uh, on a podcast called The Three Peacocks and we're looking forward to listening to you. I want to thank all our listeners. We've got listeners from I think around 25 states in the United States now and and around uh, 15 countries in the world so thank you to everybody for listening and we'll try and make this fun and interesting and we're learning as we go we're not going to take it too seriously and we're just here to shoot the breeze and as I say talk all things Leeds. Okay, welcome to today's show. Um, we're all happy, of course, after the, the phenomenal victory on Friday. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first of all, let me welcome today's guest, George, from the Boston. That's not Boston, Lincolnshire. It's Boston, New England, Leeds United Supporters Group. So welcome, George. Um, George is originally from Brownday, those of you who know Leeds, and made his way to Boston via a, a trip to Madrid, which I'm sure he's going to talk about during the conversation and, and share his thoughts and insights later. So, so welcome, George. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. It's great to be here. Thank you, Neil, Bo and Simon for having me on the show. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to a good chat. And it's hello from me, Neil. Hello from Bo. And hello from Simon. OK, so we cannot start today's show without going back to Friday, of course. Despite what some others might think, this was our biggest game of the season and proved to be so. So really not necessarily about the points, given where Leicester were in the table, the number of points they have above us. But it was a true opportunity to assess Leeds's um, performance and where we are in the table and where we are as a team, uh, given that Leicester have a record-breaking points total and a nine win on the bounce as well. So needless to say, we dominated the game and came away with three points and team assessment is complete. We are the top team in the championship on our day. So, George, let's start with you. What were your thoughts? Well, like like everyone, the game sort of snuck up on me and, and then I just found myself before kickoff with massive flutters i i thought like we do with every game in the championship i thought we had a, a chance right we've got some good uh chemistry in the team right now we've we've got goal scorers from different positions so always thought i had a chance but then when it kicked, it kicked off i was like oh this is uh we need to be on our game. We need to be at them and and the team was it was amazing uh we got together with Smallest group of lads from the and my wife actually from the Boston area, and so we're all kind of feeling the same thing. And but as it unfolded, particularly early, it was like, right, they don't look this good. They they don't like it up them as they as they used to say on Dad's Army. And it was uh, it was a really good game. I mean, I think it was incredible, and obviously the joy at the end of it was uh, was amazing. Yeah, we couldn't sit down. We were all pacing. We were in the bar, pacing, just backwards and forwards, trying to will those minutes away at the end. Right, right. <laughs> okay, great. No, Bo, how about you? Uh, yeah, well, like George, I mean, I was absolutely bricking it the entire morning um, leading up to the game. Uh, and yeah, it was just 
yeah, it was, it had that big game feel um, and just a mass, you know, I know that we've joked about Phil Hay kind of saying that it's not really all that big of a deal uh, or a big game, but for us, we thought it was a massive game. Um, yeah. And then when I saw the team team sheet, I was completely relieved that uh, Rodon had made it. Yeah. Um, so that, because I knew that would be huge for us. I think we all uh, realize uh, how central and how important, how essential his role is um, in the team. And then I thought, um, yeah, again, so, so nervous. And then we start and within the first few minutes, the way that we press them, the way that we um, just took the game to them. Uh, I thought we should have been up one nil within what, five minutes or so uh, when Piero gets the oh, yeah. chance, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and when he misses that chance, there is that sneaky, you know, I mean, we've all watched leads long enough to know that it, uh, is it one of those nights, you know, is it going to be yeah. one of those nights for us where, you know, traditionally with leads, big games, sometimes we don't show up. Um, right. But then as we continue to just kind of take the game to them, and even when we gave them possession, um, Lester, they, I mean, they were just doing nothing with possession. They were passing it in the back and stuff, but they, we they looked, were terrible. In fact, some, yeah. a few of us have spoken about the possession stats mm-hmm. and all of Lester's possession stats was in their own half. Yeah. I, I want to see that stat, yeah. how much of it was in their own half. Yeah. Because yeah. they were ordinary at best. Mm. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah. And then, the longer we stayed so we were all watching and we were kind of calling out the minutes because before we thought okay let's get to 10 minutes without conceding and let's get to 50 let's get to 30 and then as the as the match went on we kept saying 55 65 you know and then when we get the goal uh amazing and then to see and then remembering the Leeds teams of old when sometimes we score we end up conceding um as well and so to see the way that we saw it through even though we bring on Ailing, who looks like it's a push in the back, um, but they don't call that. And then the fantastic save by <laughs> Mailing. Uh, unreal. I mean, you know, and, and I've given him a bit of stick this year because I just, I've wondered, um, because he never comes out, you know, like he never kind of commands and claims his box. But, well, um, you know, that was our main worry during the first half, wasn't it? That, you know, he just seemed glued to his yes, line. Yes. You know, he just doesn't command his area. I mean, you know, we saw, you know, the, the worst and the best of mm-hmm. him during that game. You know, you know, his positioning, you know, and command of the area, you know, still needs a lot of work. But that save, I mean, that was just outrageous. World, world class, right? Yeah. World class. World yeah. class. You, you know, you said something, though, that going in, you know, Phil Hayes said, it, yeah, not a big game. Uh, if we lose, okay. But all the other teams around us won, right? So... It, it was a big game to stay in that that top bracket, that chasing bracket, and to show other teams who are good also, the Southamptons and whatnot, that Leicester are, are doable, they're, they're fallible. I, I thought I thought it, it it was a statement beyond just where leads are. It's saying, you know, you can get these guys. They're not that good. And they weren't. They really weren't. Yeah. I think yeah, the shot, they hit the bar and the header at the end. Yeah, exactly. And... And I think the key is play is what Farka set up set us up to do, and that's playing without fear, taking the game to them. And I think sometimes we even did it sometimes in in the BLC years where we um, we almost gave the opposition a little bit too much respect. And I think people go to Leicester or when they come up against Leicester, they know that they have quality, but they sit back as opposed to playing on the front foot. You know, and you have to get balance correct. And I thought I thought that's one of the. one of the areas that I've seen Farco with this team in particular, we just look so balanced 
Um, and you know, as we, as, yeah. you know, as we were talking about, you know, just before we came on, you know, the press worked incredibly well. Yeah. You know, and that's why you know Leicester were playing. You know, that sixty-six percent, most of it was in the you know in their own half. Um, yeah, talking about the nervousness, and you know, I. You know, I was really nervous about that game. You you said you'd calm down during the game, but I didn't really see it. <laughs> you know, right through till the end. And, you know, we, we knew we should have been nervous, because you know, it could easily have been 1-1 except for that amazing scene. But, and the crossbar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the crossbar. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, having said that, um, I think we've all watched the game again since. And, you know, we couldn't appreciate it on Friday because we all were so nervous. But you know, knowing the result and then being able to step back and you know enjoy the football, you know, it was a really great game. Yeah, you know, it really was a great game. A fantastic advert for the you know championship. And you know, there were lots of really good things that you you probably missed first time round. You know, we I think we all picked out that Kamara had had a fantastic game, but you know there were others as well, yes, some yeah, really yeah. you know fantastic performances. So you know well, how about Sam Byron, right? I mean we you know he he got tight on him early and then you know he, he got a lecture and then he got the yellow and I, and I think we were all a bit worried about what that might mean, but he was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. No, and I, I think we we really turned up as we've all been saying. Like from minute one, we turned. I, I felt good from the first minute. You can tell with Leeds maybe in the first five minutes. How do we turn up? How do we look at in terms of organisation? The yeah. Samson, a high press. I think they did not know what to do. The pressure we put on them with that mm. high press, particularly the keeper. The keeper. Yeah. I think he was so nervous every time he was hitting the ball out. And I, I think yeah. five times we got interceptions and turnovers yeah. from that keeper um, playing it out. And and we all played well. Perot searching for form a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Blacks in the first half, like both of them exposed going down the line, and they sorted that out at half time because mm. something happened at half time where they dealt with that in the second half through additional support and through. I think they showed them the line so that they would come inside. Yeah, and Sotoville particularly yeah, on Byron's yeah. side was providing yeah. a lot of support. But uh, yeah, those fullbacks look really exposed and. and what I've read since is their wingers are some of the best in the country as well. Like they did look good, and we thought we had good wingers. Um, unless they're not a shot on target until the 95th minute, which I'm guessing was the header. They, they don't count the crossbar, but no shots on target until the 95th minute. Again, a story of the game that that dominance and which is incredible, isn't yeah, it? I mean, totally. here we, we're going up against the team that is breaking records and not a single shot on goal for the entire match until the 95th minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's just incredible. <laughs> and Kamara, who would who would have said that Kamara now is undroppable? But Kamara is undroppable. That confidence, that passing, the movement, the confidence on the ball, his physical stature just dominated that midfield along with Ampadu. And there was a joke around saying that Ampadu dominated uh, owns Dewsbury Hall and uh, Kirk Leeds Council owns Dewsbury Hall as well. And for those of you near Leeds or not in Leeds, Dewsbury Hall is actually a place just south of Leeds near Wakefield. So and he's supposed to be one of the best midfielders in the country, totally nullified by our midfield. So so I think we can say now in summary, Leeds on their day are the best team in the championship after beating Ipswich and Leicester away at, on their home grounds. And, you know, Phil Hay, please remember this. <laughs> <laughs> 
thought I thought Dan James had a great game too. Uh, last few games, he's been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, Simon's a great fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm increasingly getting to look like a real idiot, not understanding and appreciating the talent that Dan's got. <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think we were all seeing maybe this is his level maybe this is his level i don't know but or maybe that year away you know we we, we saw it before we all thought it was a bit of a headless chicken at times but obviously had the pace but what was what was happening after it but i thought, I thought it was great great yeah. on friday mm. and i think i go back to uh it was something and this has taken us years back um so you know, if you're an American fan and you're listening, you may or may not know uh, the name of Ross McCormick. Uh, but uh, I remember Ross McCormick when he when he had struggled and then the next season he actually led the league. He won the golden boot, led the league in scoring for us. And they asked about like, how like how did you change him and what was about your form? And essentially he, boiled it, he, he brought it down to the belief that the manager had in him. That yeah. all of, you know? And so I think that that's what Farka has done for several of our players, including Dan James is, I think he believes in them. And I think that just that, you know, that sends them out with a with a fresh confidence in the, and with yeah. the ability to just let their quality shine. Do you believe I do? Okay. I do. Yeah, I'm not sure he's gonna make it in the Premier League. Uh, that's the question mark, but certainly in this league he's absolutely a top performer now. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, um looking forward to I think it's Plymouth next week, and we so we should win that. And then we can go into every game now looking for three points. So we've been talking about that, but I think it's becoming a shorty as long as we keep our players healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, but we're going to transition now to to talk about Georgian life in New England. So it's not New England in the fall anymore, New England in the winter probably, but mm. um, yeah. Yeah. Well, George, again, thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us. And um, we'll just start off with, uh, how about you telling us a little bit about yourself um, and then maybe kind of the journey that has you currently in Boston. Absolutely. Thank you. Again, thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, I, I was born in Leeds. Uh, I lived in North Leeds my whole life. Uh, lived in Oakwood, for those who know that neighborhood, and then Roundy, they're, they're, they're kind of adjoining. Uh, so from basically the age of two, three to 18, I was in Roundy. Went to Allen Grange Middle School. Some folks may have gone there and Roundy High School. And uh, it was great. It was a great experience. Really, really enjoyed Leeds. Um, I live next, very close to Round A Park. For those that know that area, it was, it was like countryside for uh, you know for a city. It was, it was magical. It was fantastic. Um, I was we were talking the other day, and I think two of my big takeaways from that period. Um, I got a great education at Roundy School, not just academically because it worked for me but that was a very very diverse school and it wasn't until I moved away that I, I, I had taken that for granted uh, we had all ethnicities all nations at round in and being exposed in your, in your formative years to kids from other cultures was I think really really good for me uh, and then my other one that I was telling you guys about uh prior to coming on was I had a Saturday job down at Leeds Market. And for those that remember Leeds Market, well, it's still there. It's still great. That's Victorian. It, right? was, <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I sold fruit and veg and, uh, you know, 16 and uh, just, just great fun. Uh, banter all day, 
but it really got me out of my North Leeds bubble, which was fantastic and uh, great, great experience. Leave the Leeds market thing, you know, because we still go to Leeds market very often yeah. when we're back in the UK. And yeah. if you're selling fruit and veg, you've got to have a really loud voice because, you know, I remember my wife saying, bananas, you're going for a pound. <laughs> yeah. you know, whole I thing did all that. I did all that. I, I was all of that. I was, uh, you yeah, know, I was groomed into that. And then, yeah, <laughs> particularly at the end of the day, because uh, it was Saturday, you're trying to get rid of all the perishables. Uh, oh, yeah. George, do us a shouting them out. <laughs> do us a quick spiel from Leeds Market. Potatoes. Fiber. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was bottom of the ladder, I was always the guy that had to correct collect all the rubbish, and it had on this massive barrow, huge thing, very poorly balanced, well, balanced as best as I could. And it was it was dragged behind me and it weighed a ton. So the old, you know, mind your backs coming through, mind your backs coming through. <laughs> that was that was something that uh, <laughs> I learned very quickly. It was, uh, it was a laugh, it was a great laugh. But then, yes, yeah, so I, I, I left home. I went to University of London, uh, studied geology. Um, and along the way, I met a woman who is now my wife, still my wife. Uh, she's American. So as is often the case, I, after working in England for a few years, we got closer, we got closer and decided to get together and get married. So I, I moved over here to be with her. We lived in Colorado in the late 80s. So I moved over in 1988 which um, for a geologist was a terrible time to be in Colorado. It was, uh, it was a real uh, time when all the oil companies were closing down, which had been my area of expertise. So went back to university, uh, got master's over here. And then, so I did that in uh, Nevada in Reno, uh, which was a, an amazing experience for a, um, you know, a European or an English person of, to be in Nevada is an incredible state unlike anywhere in Europe that I know. And then we moved back to the East Coast where my wife's from and uh, we end up in Boston. So we lived in Rhode Island briefly and then we've been in Boston really since uh, end of, uh, I was jotting it down, end of 92, early 93 was when we moved to the Boston area. We've been here ever, ever since. Yeah. Two kids, they've grown up uh, out, the, out the door and uh, contributing to society and we're very proud of them both. So oh, that's, awesome. that, that's my journey. Well, George, uh, several of our guests, when they've come over to the States, um, especially in the either, either the 80s or the 90s, um, kind of felt like they had to leave Leeds behind because they weren't sure if they were ever going to see a match again or anything. Um, is that kind of, has that been your story? Or when you came over, what, what was your, yeah, tell us yeah. about it. It was shortwave radio. I remember when Mike was on uh, episode three, I think, was talking about that. I had my shortwave radio. It was the only way you could get the results. Uh, the San Francisco paper may have them or may not have had them. It depended. So it was really, really hard to follow uh, what was going on. Um, and that continued really into the early, early 90s. Um, and then little by little kind of networking, got to meet people. I think Mike was talking about the, the tapes that he used to send around and sort of reconnecting. I, I did try and get back uh, approximately once a year and always tried to get to a game, usually got to a game or two. For many years, we were going at Christmas time, so there's a couple of games on at that time, so could always get to a match. So I was always able to uh, keep my passion there. It was just impossible sometimes to know 
what was going on. But obviously, I'd always call home and find out what the result was. My dad's uh, my dad passed recently, but he's a season ticket holder. Was a season ticket holder, so he he'd be at every home game. Always got the report what happened and how we did. Hmm. Can but you yeah, tell us the you know the story of Leeds United Boston? When did it all start? You know where do you currently meet? You know what are the dynamics? yeah? We're happy to do it. Yeah, we so I was living in Boston '93. Um, I thought I was the only Leeds United fan in Boston because I didn't know many others, and. Uh, Back then, there were only a few pubs that would show football. I would go to one and didn't know any Leeds fans there. Um, but I moved and then started going to another pub. I remember going down for the uh, League Cup game. And it, this was around the time I'd had my kids. So I was a little off the grid, as, as you are when you've got babies. So I was a little less active. But going down uh, for the, the Villa game, the League Cup final, and seeing all these Leeds fans there, and I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Met a bunch, chatted, had a, a few pints, and uh, and somebody mentioned uh, that Mike uh, ran the Leeds United Sports Club. So um, I think a few games after that, I, I met Mike. He, he, I think, had been over it for, the, for that final. And formed a great friendship, Mike. You know, lived in Gipton and Oakwood for a while, so very close to where I was. We had a lot of things in common, and uh, and other folks from that era, Steve Baldwin, still around, and you know, so we had our little group, and little by little, more folks would come and, and we'd meet more Leeds fans and more Leeds fans, uh, and then you know, the internet obviously exploded. So as you know, there was a Leeds United Sports Club of North America, Luskner. So kind of involved with that and went to a bunch of meets that they organized. Um, and then in the sort of Facebook era, Leeds United Americas appeared and, and we transitioned to that. And we still had our Boston core group. So we just started calling ourselves you know, Boston Whites. And uh, now we're officially the Leeds United, Boston and New England. And we felt that was a good name because for those who aren't from this area, we're, we're relatively compact. Uh, you know, there's six states that, uh, you know, I can be in New Hampshire in 20 minutes. Uh, I can be in Rhode Island in, in less than an hour. So it's very different maybe to other parts of the country. So we don't want to be just Boston and be exclusive. We wanted to be inclusive and we wanted folks from around the region to feel part of it. And that's been good, but it's also a challenge because, uh, you know, a Friday night game like we had the other day, uh, for somebody who's in New Hampshire, the thought of driving into Boston on a Friday night with the you know is traffic. So we we have mixed success. We have some games where we get a really good turnout, and others where we may have you know four, five, six. We had six out the other night. It's a great group, really good, solid core of folks, and uh, I've made some really great friends through that uh, from the early days and 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 more recently. And through all of that, I've met some folks in the broader Leeds United Americas family, uh, some of the West Coast whites, um, Atlanta, New York. So it's been great. It's been a great journey. And I feel like we've got a pretty good thriving group in the Boston, New England area. Uh, we meet uh, when we go. We've been meeting in a pub called Faces in, in Malden, which is on the north side of Boston. It's on the Orange Line. So it is convenient if you're in the greater Boston area to get to. 
Uh, we've tried a number of pubs over the years, um, but you know, there I don't want to be in a pub full of uh, Liverpool fans. To be honest with you, I'd rather I'd rather have our own space. And places have been great. They give us our own room, and uh, <laughs> they've been very accommodating actually. And now we're at a point where they're willing to open early for us if the games, you know, are now before they officially open. They're they're, they're letting us in now and which is great. So we're, we're building a good relationship with them. Also, uh, one last thought, sorry, we've also tried to have a few meets. Uh, we went up to um, Jeff, uh, Jeff's one of the sports from um, New Hampshire. We went up to his local, uh, went down to Rhode Island for, to Andy's, uh, Andy Snook's uh, place for a game. So we're trying to move around as well and not just be in Boston all the time. So. Because really you've got quite a unique geography compared to some of the other um, groups that are focused on a city. Having lived in Boston myself, it's very much more focused on New England. Like the New England Patriots are not the yes. team of Boston, they're the team of New England. And it's Maine to Rhode Island, I guess, isn't it? That geography. That's right. I would say so. It includes Southern New Hampshire as well. Uh, very much so. And, it, you know, it's an, for those who have been here, you know, it's an older part of the country, You've got a lot of urban centers, you know, Worcester Mass is 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 an hour from Boston. That's a thriving city. Providence is a thriving city. So uh, so for folks that might live in those communities, there's pubs there locally to them as well. So yeah. trying to get folks to meet, you know, is it can be challenging, but at the same time, we've got a great group and we've we've become good friends and We've had some really classic meets as well. I mean, after the promotion, everybody descended and we had a great, <laughs> great get together down on the waterfront. So it, it's been good. It's been very good. It used to be the best city. Boston used to be the best city for US sports in the country, right? With the Celtics and the yeah. Patriots yeah. and the Bruins. And, and now Denver's yeah. taking it over. So we've you've switched it over <laughs> to Denver. <laughs> well, I do have a soft spot for Denver because I lived in Boulder, Colorado when I first moved over. So... I do have a, a big place in my heart for Colorado, but uh, yeah, no, it's been a great, great ride as a Boston sports fan, and I, I like sports, and so I embraced all all the all the local sports when I moved here, and uh, yeah, from early two thousands through to just a few years ago, it's been an amazing run. No, you'll you'll come back because it's such a strong tradition, right? So yeah. you'll come back. But Hope so. Denver's enjoying it while we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, George, can you share with us um, maybe some highlights or maybe a few of your proudest accomplishments um, through your the New England group? Well, we've done, I, I'd say, I, I, I'm, well, building the community has been fantastic, uh, particularly in the more recent years. Uh, we've, But it goes back back to when we, we weren't very good and we were in obscurity. We, we had fans that somehow had, linked to Leeds, um, American fans, and uh, it's been really good, um, you know, maintaining those relationships. But going prior to that, back in the Luskner days and, and early days of Lua, with some of the meetups, uh, the Boston group's been very, very well represented. Uh, Chicago meetup for the England game was fantastic. Um, a group of us, not just from Boston, but it, the idea was formed here. We went over for the Real Madrid game in the Champions League uh, in in 01. Uh, that was a classic. 
few beers in the pub idea that suddenly spawned a, a real a real idea and we 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 pulled it together and we're actually joined with folks from some of the other areas as well but i think we had about 10 of us go over in the end but three or four of us from boston and um that was an amazing trip because we played manchester united at home in uh at leeds uh, obviously at ellen road on the saturday and i think the madrid game i think was a tuesday night so we were able to pull off both, which was which was brilliant. So um, uh, just uh, uh, <laughs> if you if you'll indulge me, one of the great memories was we were in Madrid and uh, wandering around Playa del Sol. Did I say that right? I thought Playa Med Beach, but it was the it's the main square in the centre of Madrid. And yeah. down the road, you could hear marching on together and all these songs. So we. We wandered down and there was an Irish pub there and obviously full of leads fans going nuts and singing away. And uh, we went in and oh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a laugh. We're having a good time. And I decided uh, I need to go to the toilet, right? So toilets were downstairs and went downstairs and there's these tables and there's a whole downstairs to the pub. And there's this crowd of um, American students there, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the singing going on upstairs and there well there was one guy who'd been their spokesman and he said look don't worry i've spoken to the barman he said when the leads people leave it's safe to go and i said guys it's fine you know we're just having fun we're only here for the football so it's but they were you know i don't know how old they were probably not of drinking age in this country but over there it didn't matter so they were all like cowering wondering what the heck was going on upstairs you know, this, this guy's swinging, literally swinging from chandeliers with, with no kit on. I mean, it was that sort of nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. But then next day we went to the Prado and it's full of Leeds fans. So it was not just uh, lowbrow, it was highbrow as well. It was it was a great, great trip. The next question we've got is, you know, based on your, your, your work and your personal like how do you feel about you know 49ers enterprises as being our owners does that give you a degree of confidence or how do, how do you feel it's going to go uh, good really good question um something <laughs> we touched on before i um so it's the 49ers but it's their venture capitalist group right so that vc groups worry me a little bit in so much that I've seen it. I work in the engineering field. I work for an uh, engineering company, and in my field, we've seen so many takeovers and uh, and also venture capitalist companies coming in and giving companies like cash infusions so they can grow or or whatever. But at some point, they want their money out. So I'm a I'm personally a little leery about VC money, in so much that it comes with strings. However. I'm excited in that it is uh, a, an organization with understanding of what it means to be a sports franchise on the world stage. And I'm not sure when we came back to the Premier League, it was so different from when we'd left 16 years earlier, right? It's a different animal to what it had been. And yeah, you're a, a global brand at that point. And was Leeds United ready for that? I, I'm not sure. I think... I think they'll put us on a more professional footing there. And sure, they'll find ways to make money in every which way they can. I mean, that's what they, they'll do. If if when they want their money out, that'll be when it becomes challenging. But I'm assuming they want to, to build our club so we're bigger and better and 
at some point they'll be able to get their money out or, or make a profit. And I feel like uh, to do that, you know, that means back in the Premier League and being a be- better established club and, you know, new West Stand, hopefully. I think we all agree that's past its sell-by date. And um, so I'd say overall, Simon, I'm, I'm optimistic. Mm. Uh, but again, I, I've seen some things uh, on a small scale for some of the companies I compete against, for example, that works for a while and then it doesn't work. So, you know, and companies get sold on and they may not always be in a better place. But I think in this instance, I'm, I'm optimistic we will be. And I like because I live in the United States, I like that there's an American influence in so much that it gives us an opportunity as Leeds United Americas to to really become a higher profile club than we have been. So, I mean, you know, if you look at the comparison, you look at Manchester City and Newcastle, who are, you know, sports washing clubs. I mean, me personally, I feel a lot better that, you know, it is actually a real backing and you know obviously with people who know how to be successful you know i'm you know we've talked about this before but you know i i would rather be where we are now than you know have a you know sort of middle east backer Mm -hmm. you know that you know is just Mm -hmm. doing it to uh you know get some good publicity for a well, let's, let's look at Sheffield Wednesday, their owner this week, asked the fans to play the two million tax bill, right? <laughs> and that's, again, I don't know which country the guy's from, but that's a, um, a business tycoon in the Middle East, in the, the Far East somewhere. Um, so we could, we could do a lot worse, right? And they haven't really stated their intentions yet. Parag seems to be focused on the culture of Leeds and, and focusing mm-hmm. that rather than taking us to be an American club and to be the club representing America and a worldwide brand and... The chiefs seem to be taking it slowly and steadily, like a new COO appointed in the last week mm-hmm. to hopefully oversee the new uh, development of the ground. Yeah. So I agree. Cautious optimism. Mm. That, and that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. I, again, recognising it's a, a venture capitalist group. So, mm-hmm. again, money talks. But I'm I'm optimistic too. I feel like they're, they're professional. They they have a plan. It seems like, and everything they're saying, all the right things. You know, as you just alluded to, some tycoon from wherever. It's not really a, a great model that I think any of us would feel comfortable with, because then you're just at the whim of that that owner. Been there. Yeah, there seems to be a plan here. That... <laughs> he shall be named. They shall remain nameless. <laughs> right. Do you think? Let me ask you guys. Do you think? I'm I'm really curious, and, and others would know, but do you think uh, because it's the 49ers, do you think we'll see a big uptick in Bay Area fans suddenly who follow the 49ers wanting to follow Leeds? We're going to be talking to the Bay Area shortly, but it, it'll yeah. be, they haven't seen that yet specifically. And what I'm curious, and the the reason I said that is uh, it's based on a one one data point sample. But uh, one of my friends, who's a big Red Sox fan, when uh, you know the Fenway Group bought Liverpool, basically, well, I guess I got to follow Liverpool now. And I, whoa, yeah. wh- why? <laughs> you know, <I> slapped <laughs> him down, obviously. But <laughs> but it was an interesting comment that his his his. Affiliation with his heart to the Red Sox led him to uh, to Liverpool Football Club. So, 
I just wondered if we'd see something similar in the Bay Area. I think it's a good question. Know, we'll, we'll find out, right, when they come on. The whole experiment, you know, with Marsh and Aronson and Tyler Adams and, you know, McKenney, I think mm. if that had actually worked out rather than being a dramatic failure, I think that would have, uh, you know, led to a lot more interest, mm. uh, you know, within the States, you know, in, you know, Leeds United as a, you know, club. I, I don't think that ownership is particularly, I don't see yeah. the necessarily right, where right. Link with if we'd had a successful manager and some successful players yeah. but yeah. you know you know and you know the the fans that we did inherit you know have now gone away and you know doing something else so they weren't really proper Leeds fans you know not in yeah. our yeah position. I don't I, I'm assuming that's what happened I don't know we were at um the uh Palace game last year myself um Mike Ford uh from Tahoe was out with us and we were at the banquet and we met there were at least three or four other American groups there and we went and introduced ourselves and they hadn't heard of Leeds United in America they were only there because of Jesse and the American players and they were following the American players which was fine but uh, we were trying to in the, in the three minutes we had to talk to them trying to tell them that you know there's this whole uh, uh, fraternity here of, of Leeds fans across the country and you know it's we're more than just a few American players so I don't know I don't know if they've jumped ship or whether they're still following Leeds we'll find out. Like, I guess you could argue that Parag's influence in the summer was decision making based on substance like the appointment of Barker the yeah. most successful manager in the championship the signings we made all pr proven to be able to deliver in the championship. We didn't buy any names. We bought back people that weren't names mm -hmm. that right. have been well researched, probably that could deliver. And so, in some ways, he's gone against anything to do with America and global brand and names to mm -hmm. substance. And you yeah. can't argue yeah. with that. Yeah. No. And, no. And George, I think um, I think that we will see a significant uptick in the Bay Area uh, as soon as we get promoted. I think that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's, that's what waiting on. Yes. Um, and I know that uh, kind of that Bay Area really had a lot of momentum through promotion and through being in the primary mm -hmm. league. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's I mean, that's where that's where it's at here in America. Yeah. Um, and when the primary league was really being established here, um, Leeds were not in the primary league. You know, that's we were right. in championship league one, you know, yeah. and so as a result, where we missed that window of, you know, mm. um, when. Uh, proper football was really growing here but yeah. that said i mean let's say that you know that that we can have a successful year this year be promoted um yeah then i think i mean uh you would almost uh you know twist someone's arm to to be able to, yeah. to be at the bay area and have that influence and be able yeah. to that and our friend chris in the bay area is mm -hmm. totally set up to grow the bay area he's got all the marketing things in in place and he's totally set up so if the growth is there, Chris will achieve that for sure. Like we'll talk to Chris at some point soon. But I, th I think you're right. I mean, we just, as far as most people are concerned, we're in the wilderness. It was even shocking when we got promoted with Bielsa's team. Uh, if you think of the TV pundits, they haven't even they hadn't even watched any Leeds United. They're supposed to be experts, right? Supposed to have done their homework. Yeah. They had no clue. They were like. Oh my God! What is this team? What are they doing? Do you remember that? In that like the Liverpool game, the first game where we just <laughs> we just charged out there. They had no clue. Like they'd never seen it before. So 
if an expert whose job it is to follow and commentate on the, the game professionally hasn't bothered to look at the championship, you can't fault others who have a passing interest to do it as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so true, George. Well, we're going to get you out of here um, in just a minute. But before I uh, I send you out with t- uh, 10 quick fire questions, we just wanted to wonder if, um, I mean, obviously the, the group there in New England um, has great ties with uh, Leeds United America. So you guys have been established for quite a while. Um, is there any kind of um, advice or encouragement that you would give uh, to the greater um, Leeds United America's family or maybe someone that's starting, you know, maybe they live in, Portland or Phoenix, and they're looking to kind of get started. Although we, I know we have, you know, what would you, what would you share as in terms of what you've been through in your experience? Yeah, I think, I think it needs a local champion to, and uh, we had that with Mike, but of course Mike's moved down to DC now. So there's a few of us who have been around who are continuing, you know, being like the point person. So finding that local champion, I, my daughter lives in Seattle, for example, and I don't know, who in in the Pacific Northwest is, uh, is that champion, right? There's definitely Leeds fans there for sure. So finding the champion who's willing to just get the word out there however they can, uh, I think is is key to a success of a group. Yeah, oh, 100%, yes. And to my knowledge, um, I have to go back and look at our spreadsheet, but I don't think we actually have a supporters group in Seattle, which is shocking. Right. Um, right. Now we... Um, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to get you up. So these are just, George, these are 10 uh, quick fire questions we haven't asked you before, but these come from uh, my favorite interviewer named James Lipton, who had a show called Inside the Actor's Studio, and he would always um, end his interviews with this. Okay. Um, George, what is your favorite word? <laughs> Camel. <laughs> what, is your least, what is your least favorite word? Porcupine. <laughs> what turns you on? Ooh. <laughs> uh, joy. Uh, what turns you off? Uh, negativity. What sound or noise do you love? When that ball goes in the net. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? When they score a last minute. <laughs> 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 What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I wish I'd been a navigator back in the golden age of exploration. Ah, nice. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Accounting. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite cuss word? Bollocks. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, if heaven exists, what would you like for God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I didn't think we'd let you in. <laughs> Are you on the list? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, well, George, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, so on behalf of Neil and Simon, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, we hope to do it again. Yeah, uh, fantastic. It's been a real pleasure for me. Good laugh and great to meet you. I look forward to meeting you in person someday. And you're always welcome here if you make a trip back east. Ah, we will do that for sure. No, thanks, George, yeah. and all the best. I'm going to stop it now. Yeah.